beginning of the year 2019. So I want to speak to you out of Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to go all the way through Revelation. No, we're not. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. The title of my, on my Bible, it would probably be the same in yours, is The Beginning. Everyone say The Beginning. It says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was? There was light. You know, before we knew God as healer, redeemer, saviour, provider, all those things that we read about Him in the Word of God, we see Him here as Creator. Before anything existed, God began creating. The Bible uses creation with God many times throughout the Word of God. Psalm 139 verse 13 says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Psalm 148 verse 4 to 5 says, Praise Him, you highest heavens, you waters above the skies. Let them praise the Name of the Lord. For at His command, they were... They were created. So think about this for a few moments. If we serve a God who created all of this, who created the beaches of Queensland, who created the waters, who created the fish, created the jellyfish, created the skies and the heavens, we serve a God who created all of this, then let me ask you this today in 2019, can God create out of your life this year? What can God create out of your marriage? What can God create out of your circumstance? What even can God create out of the challenges that you faced in 2018? Because let me say this, when God creates something, it is always good. Many times we try to create things and they don't often work out the way that we thought that they would, but when God creates, when God is involved in the creation of our lives, it is always good. It can look bad now, it can look chaotic now, it can look challenging now, but when God creates, it is good. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17 to 18. He's speaking to Israel who's been through a tough season. And he says, see, I will create a new heaven and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I love what he says to his people. He says the former will not be remembered. He's basically telling his people, don't live in the past. Don't carry the burdens of what the past carried, but come into the new year with an expectation and a healthy desire that God wants to create something new out of your circumstance. You know, Jerusalem went through a season, many seasons, where it wasn't a delight, where it wasn't a challenge. But now think about the whole world wants to, wants that city. Everyone wants to dominate that place, right? To create there means new conditions. 
new circumstances. In other words, God was going to create new conditions. He was going to create new circumstances for His people to thrive. Can you believe this year that God was to create new conditions and new circumstances for you to thrive and grow? And I think many times that we can find it hard to believe that God can create something out of our lives when we've been through such a difficult season. You know, I, re- I read this quote the other day, the world is simple only when it behaves. In other words, everything is okay. My world is simple when everything lines up, when everything goes according to the plan that I hoped it would go. But the reality is we don't live in that type of world, do we? Right? I was reading this just a few weeks ago that researchers have identified the single worst year in history. They looked all of the years in history, all the way back to Jesus' days, and they worked out that the worst year in history was AD 536. Everything went wrong that year. If you've had a bad year, well, there's nothing like the year, AD 536. But 18 months of straight fog. Because of that, the crops withered and died. It was the darkest moment in the Dark Ages. The Western Roman Empire had collapsed 60 years earlier. Now all of this chaos was starting to take place. Snow fell in the summer. Imagine waking up in Queensland and going, what is this stuff like manna, this thing called snow? Who's ever seen snow? No one, I didn't think so, no. People starve. The bubonic plague swept through civilization. And they reckon it came down to one issue volcanic ash. Apparently, a volcano erupted in somewhere in Northern America or Iceland, and they reckon all of that ash had swept through Europe. One event triggered the worst year in history a chain reaction that created a disaster. Let me say this, Genesis is more than just a chain reaction. God's spoken to every level, building every single new day until the earth started to thrive and grow. And I wanna say this today, that I do believe that God wants to create something great out of your life in a misbehaving world. Many times we think that the whole world needs to line up in order for us to be blessed. Can you believe that God can create out of your chaos, out of your challenges, out of your difficulty, something wonderful, something beautiful, something amazing out of a misbehaving world? You know, I do believe in life as I've observed people over the many years of pastoring, I do believe there are people that live in three types of zones. People live in often in the reactive zone where we are reacting in life, where we are always on the back foot. We are always looking over our shoulder. We are always putting out fires. We're always having to solve issues and and just deal with stuff. You know, I think one of the greatest things that hold churches back in today's day and age is just little things. People getting upset over little things. People reacting over little things. I remember a few years ago, you know, uh, uh, in our church, and uh, there was a particular guy there and, you know, one of our PA guys was wearing a, a cap in church. 
it was like the worst thing in the world that our PA guy was wearing a cap in church. You know, this guy came up to me and he said, you know, Pastor Matt, he goes, this guy's wearing a cap in church. I told him to take the cap off. He goes, that's a sin and that's just disrespectful. And I said, well, you know, this guy has been working 20 hours of his volunteer time getting this PA set up ready for, you know, for Sunday. I said, where were you? And Jesus does say in Matthew, not to worry about the clothes that you wear. You know, often in life, we can just be so reactionary. You know, I pray this year is not a year of putting out fires. I pray that this year is a year of moving forward. You know, I, I saw this the other day. I thought I'd just show you this the other day. You know, three different heartbeats. Have we got this? Keep moving. Got the normal heartbeat. Got the deceased heartbeat. And the, the, got the heartbeat that you have when you touch your pocket and you can't find your phone. often live so reactive, so worried about putting out fires and trying to resolve issues. The third one is this, is that often we live in maintenance mode, preservation mode. I'm just going to put my life on hold. I've gone through a difficult season. There's been pressure that I've had to cope with last year. And so, you know what, I'm just not in an emotionally stable place. And so I'm just going to maintain. I'm just going to maintain what I've got. Now, there's nothing wrong with a season like that. But as a standard, as a mode for living, you know, I've realised this in life, you can put your life on hold, but you can't put your time on earth on hold. You know, the reality is every year you get a bit older, a bit greyer, lose a bit more hair. Nothing in the universe stands still. Some things you leave on hold and they rot. Some things you leave on hold and they become obsolete. I remember years ago ministering to a, a business guy who was one of the largest suppliers of mobile phones in Southeast Asia and he would get phones in from everywhere. And there was a particular season that he went through in his business where customs held up his shipment for something like 12 to 18 months. And uh, we're talking millions of dollars with a mobile phones. We're talking container loads worth of technology that 12 months later was completely obsolete. You know, almost uh, made him go bankrupt. You look what Jesus says about the servant and the talents. Luke chapter 19, verse 13, he calls the 10 servants together and he gives them 10 meters and he says, put this money to work. He says, until I come back. And three of the servants, off they go. The, the last one in Luke chapter 19, verse 20 to 21. He says, sir, here is your mina. I've kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I've reserved it. I was afraid of you. You are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in. You reap what you did not sow. The one who put it on hold lost what he had. Church, don't put your life on hold this year. It's time to move forward. Time to rise up. Time to take ground. Time to expect the unexpected. The third one is this, is to live in the creative, proactive zone. God comes into a situation that is chaotic and He starts to create. Let me just say this, God wants to create something amazing out of the life that you have now, not a life outside of the life that you have now, right? I read this the other day, there was a secretary and a paralegal and a partner in a city law firm. 
They're walking through the park on their way to lunch and lo and behold, they see a antique oil lamp as you do when you go for lunch. They rubbed it and a genie pops out in a puff of smoke. Jenny says, I usually grant three wishes, but since there are three of you, I'll give you one each. Me first, me first, said the secretary. I want to be in the Bahamas, driving a speedboat without a care in the world. She's gone. Paralee goes, this is amazing. Me next. I want to be in Hawaii, relaxing on the beach with my personal masseuse, an endless supply of iced tea, and the love of my life massaging my fingertips. Don't even know whether that's a thing. <laughs> She's gone. You're next, said the genie, as he turned to the partner of the law firm. The partner says, I want those two back in the office after lunch. I heard a saying the other day that looking after yourself is not always about holidays, not always about relaxing moments of spa treatments and five-star hotels, but looking after yourself is about building a life that you're not always trying to escape from. You know, many people in the world are trying to build a life that they're always trying to escape from. They hate their job and they hate their marriage and they struggle what they're going with and they just wish that they could escape from those things. The problem with addiction and some of the stuff that the world is having to deal with right now is that people are always wanting to escape the life that they have today. Let me say this, in 2019, God wants to create something beautiful out of the life that you've got today. Come on, if you believe it, say Amen that out of your marriage and out of your job and out of your relationships, that out of what is in your life today, beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning. God wants to create something beautiful out of your life in 2019. Now, when God creates, there are a few things that we see here in Genesis that I wanna leave with you this morning. The big one is this, is that God brings order. Before He creates a world of lush beauty, He brings order into that world. It's a powerful idea that if you want a, a year of not living reactive, a year of not living your life as just being put on hold, but a year of being creative, of moving forward, of knowing that you've left some of those things behind. And one of the first things we see in Genesis is that it's a year of order. We often like to speak of order at the beginning of the year. We like to speak of visions and, and dreams and purposes and setting goals and signing up to the gym. One of the things I've realised in life is that order precedes anything of value. We get a new tool, we have to reorder the whole shed. We get a new piece of furniture, we have to reorder the whole living room. Remember last year we've been renovating a house and chipping away at certain things and, you know, we got a new piece of furniture and put the furniture in the room and Frank has said, the curtains don't fit the furniture. <laughs> right, so off we went, we changed the furniture, we changed the curtains. Got new curtains and put the curtains down. She looked around and she says, the painting on the walls don't actually fit the, the curtains. And so there I was for the next two weeks, painting the walls. Finally got to the end of it thinking, thank God this is done. The architraves don't actually fit the walls, they don't fit the furniture, they don't fit the curtains. We change everything to the things that we value. 
a baby comes into the world. We reorder the room, we paint it, we buy stuff for it because of the baby. Order tells us something of what we value. In Genesis, there is a creative order. There is a daily order. In life, there is a routine order. People that value their time are people of great order. You know, one of my favourite passages is in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. The Bible says that a man without order is like a city without walls. Anything can come in and rob your joy. Anything can come in and get you distracted. Anything can come in and destroy your confidence and your peace. One of the first things that man ever did, his first job was in Genesis 2 verse 15. And God took man and set him down in the Garden of Eden, this wonderful world that God had created to work the ground and to keep it in order. The King James says to dress it and to keep it. I like that, to make it look good and to look after it. I want you to notice a couple of things that God brings order to that I wanna leave with you this morning. The Bible says in the beginning, the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface. The earth was formless and empty. The Hebrew word for that is total chaos and disorder a wasteland, a void of any shape, direction or purpose. You know, the Hebrew, the idea here of chaos is likened to a man who lands in the middle of an untracked desert where he can lose his way and die. You plant him right in the middle and everything looks the same. He doesn't know which way to go. He doesn't know where to go to get water. He doesn't know whether he's gonna make it through the next day. And yet God brings into that world, He brings order and direction and purpose. He brings limits and boundaries. He brings seasons that come and seasons that go. He brings direction. You know, Jesus did the same thing for us in John chapter 14, verse six. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes through the Father except by me. It's not just a statement of truth. One of the greatest things that Jesus Christ did for you and I is that He brought order and purpose and direction into our world. Our faith is not a faith where we wake up every day and we don't know what's going on, that we are people that are in a trackless desert, but God can give direction to your life in 2019. How can you bring order if you don't know where you're going? If you don't know where you've been? He points us in the right direction. Not empty darkness, not void and chaos, but order, direction, next steps. Look what Jesus did in His miracles. Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 to 45. He's using an example of discipleship. He says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. And then He says, I will return to the house I left. And when it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. And then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. They go in and they live there and the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That's how it will be with this wicked generation. What's, what's He talking about? Right? The point that Jesus is making that the man has done nothing to fix the problem. 
His house is exactly the same. He hasn't put governance and boundaries around that home. Is this a message that demons can easily enter people? No, the man put no effort into boundaries and governances into his life so that it won't happen again. Have you ever heard someone who won the lottery and lost it all? They're now worse off than what they were before they started. This is a message on discipleship, process, submission, keeping your house in order, putting boundaries and governances into your life. In Genesis, out of chaos, church, out of chaos, God brought order, structure, laws of sowing and reaping, the morning, the evening, limits and boundaries. He split the heavens and the earth. He said to the seas, this is as far as you will go. He put limits on the earth. He put limits on the seas. He brought seasons. And then after you do all of that, He said to the man, I want you now to take care of it and keep it in order. God orders the chaos, but He also orders the darkness as well. God didn't create darkness. People often say that darkness is an absence of light. But what God did do is that He named the darkness. When you name something in the Old Testament, it speaks about having authority over it. Well, God was saying that out of the darkness and out of the chaos, God said, I will control the darkness. I will bring limit to the darkness. I will rename that dark space and call it darkness. Maybe you went through some dark moments in 2018. Maybe you thought those dark moments were there to hurt you. But I declare today that it's a moment of revelation that God will rename the darkness as a season of His faithfulness over your life. Maybe today you went through darkness and you're thinking that thing is never gonna end. And yet we see in Genesis that God brought an end to the darkness to bring light into the darkness. It is a turning point, a moment of change that will put you and I on a different path. You know, church, I really believe that 2019 can be a creative year for you and me. Can be a year of moving forward. Can be a year of bringing alignment back to the things that have been in chaos can bring you back into bringing order and boundaries and structure back into your life and some of the areas that the devil has tried to undo. You know, some of the things that I've had to deal with as a pastor last year was just marriages that fell apart, not over big things, but over stupid little things. People that just did not bring boundaries into their world. God does not want this year to be a reactive year. It's always putting out fires, always sorting out stuff not a year that you just put your life on hold. You know, that all sounds wonderful in the papers, just put your life on hold. But the reality is time just keeps moving on. Time does not stand still. And the time that you put on hold is the time that you have wasted when you could have been productive and creative, come on, and effective and fruitful for the Kingdom of God. It's a year of creativity.